This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. Hi, this is John Bateman. You're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast. And today I'm speaking with Elena Joy, a social media influencer. Sound right? (laughs) Yeah, that works for me. Perfect. Yeah, well, you definitely are that. And I appreciate you coming in and talking to me today. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. So uh, the name of the podcast is Our Anxiety Stories. And I I always kick it off by asking that that question, uh, Elena, what's your anxiety story? So, I mean, big question. Um, I would say that my anxiety story begins in junior high. Um, I developed a, a pretty intense fear of flying, um, kind of seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and that's the first time that I remember having an anxiety attack was my, my family. We were supposed to go on vacation somewhere. We were obviously going to fly there. And I just the thought of getting on a plane just absolutely terrified me. And so that was kind of my, my introduction to anxiety <laughs> was a very specific kind of phobia um, based experience. And then as I got a bit older and, and entered into high school, I started having, I would say the anxiety became more generalized. I started having anxiety attacks at school, um, at home, at family gatherings, just <laughs> all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was obviously stress related, but it, it felt completely out of control. And I would say that that continued all the way into um, university where the stress of the stress of studying and, and academia, again, kind of brought that brought my anxiety to the forefront. Um, and then I discovered mindfulness and compassion. Um, and these were things that that honestly changed my life. I I took a program called Mindful Self-Compassion, MSC, um, and then I trained to become a teacher. I started teaching it myself because I just, I cannot um, stress enough like the impact that those, that those practices uh, had on my life. And so that was a really big turning point for me um, in terms of my anxiety. And that was in 20, I would say I discovered the the practices and started studying them maybe 2013 and then 2016 I did the teacher training and now here we are 2020 wow that yeah that's incredible I'm I'm curious so when you when you first started having your anxiety when you first had an anxiety attack because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I I went through a fear of flying too uh, but not until later I, I had my fear of fly, flying after I had kids oh uh, interesting yeah because I thought that I was um somehow more useful than before uh, because I have to raise uh-huh. children, right? Uh-huh. I, have, I have these two little people and, and, <laughs> and of course, and of course I'm, I was afraid of losing all that and not being there yeah. for them, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I, I think that's what it was, but my anxiety goes way back beyond fear of flying. I, I, mm-hmm. we, we're not here to talk about my anxiety. Thank God. I mean, well, I'm interested to we hear about don't, it. <laughs> we don't have a podcast long enough to talk about <laughs> that. Um, but what I, I, I'm curious about is, when you first had that experience, um, mm-hmm. what did you think it was? Like, you, you know, did you know it was a panic attack? Did you know what that was at that point? Or, or how did you get around to figuring out that that was anxiety? 
Yeah, no, I had no idea. Um, I just thought that there was something wrong with me. I, because for me, it, it felt anybody who's had an anxiety attack understands the feeling. It feels like you're just completely out of control. Um, for me, I have a really hard time catching my thoughts. I have a hard time catching my breath. So it was, I felt a lot of shame around it, um, especially when I would have them have an anxiety attack around other people because it's very, it was very like hyperventilating, crying, like can't catch my breath, can't get my words out because I feel like my thoughts are moving too quickly. Um, so I was really, yeah, I, I was pretty embarrassed by the whole thing. Um, had no idea what was going on, but um, my parents put me in therapy. So I, I uh, was lucky enough to have access to therapy right in, in junior high. My, my, my yeah, parents were like, great. they were like, what is going on here? Let's get her to talk to somebody. Um, and so, um, yeah, back in junior high was the first time I ever went to, to therapy. And that was where I learned kind of what anxiety was, what, um, and what a, an anxiety attack. Was. Did that help? Did that help you? Like knowing that there was, that it was something? Yeah. So in junior high, I don't have a, a, a huge recollection of that, that therapy process, but I went back to therapy in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah um, same with me. You know, because again, as many of us who experience anxiety understand, it doesn't just um, affect one thing. So I also started having trouble sleeping. Um, I was just, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a, it's not a one trick pony anxiety. So in uh, high school, it was incredibly helpful because I remember, yeah, my therapist explaining to me what was going on and um, that I wasn't, there was nothing wrong with me. Um, I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I could start kind of trying to work to, to get better. So how did you, how did you endure, like, you know, say that in this case, those panic attacks, how did you endure those when you were younger? Did you just kind of settle in and go, okay, I'm having a panic attack. I'm just going to kind of wait this out. Um, you know, that's all I, I, no. I don't know. I know I, I wasn't the same. I, don't, I was the same. I don't really know how I did it. I know now if I have uh -huh. a panic attack, I don't have them very much, but now if I have them, yeah. um, I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. I'm having a panic attack and it, it's more, I approach it like a character from Star Trek, like Spock uh -huh. or something. It's like uh -huh. interesting panic attack. I, Ooh. there's a beginning, middle and end. Yes. And then that's oh, you, it. Yes. You're describing the mindful approach to an anxiety attack to a T like yeah. being the observer and allowing it to allowing the wave to, to crest and fall, um, which is how I deal with my anxiety now. Back in the day, no, it was just, it was a lot of like, if I was around people just being really embarrassed and like trying to run away and hide somewhere, like I'd go to the bathroom or I'd leave school or I'd, you know, go to yeah. my bed. I'd spend yeah. a lot of time in bathrooms <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> where nobody would, uh, nobody would bother me. Um, and it was, it was a lot of um, just like, honestly working myself up further right like wishing it wasn't happening and being afraid of what's happening and trying to calm myself down in unhelpful ways whereas when I discovered the mindfulness practices and exactly that Star Trek mentality of just like <laughs> taking a step back and trying to observe what's happening right like rather than Rather than, uh-oh, I feel nauseous. I, I think I'm having anxiety. Uh-oh, my heart rate is increasing. Uh-oh, I'm feeling tense. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yes. And trying to stop all of those experiences from happening, um, which in turn <laughs> then makes yeah. them worse. Yeah. Just going, for me, I like to add the three words, 
um, and that's okay. Right, so right. it would, I'll notice something, right? Like for me, it starts often as nausea. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll start feeling nauseous and then I go, oh, well, oh, what if I'm having anxiety? Oh, I, I could be having a, an anxiety attack mm-hmm. and that's okay. Right. Oh, oh, my heart rate's increasing. I'm, I'm having trouble catching my breath. Right. And that's okay. Right. 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 So I, th- th- that's my little mantra. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it, you can ride the wave a lot better. <laughs> I so find. what I'm curious about, I've watched a lot of your content um, oh. and you, you outwardly, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you know, you do YouTube, you put yourself out there, uh, YouTube, mm. Instagram, Facebook, everything. Mm-hmm. And you, and I, I don't want, uh, what I'll say for, until, well, I'm asking this question is you project a lot of confidence um, mm. all through high school. Would you say that you, and, and I don't doubt that you're confident now, but all throughout high school, would you say you, and getting into college, et cetera, et cetera, before you discovered your mindfulness, compassion, um, mm-hmm. would you say you, the anxiety affected your confidence? Like, did it affect your ability to think, oh, I'm going to go and, you know, join the volleyball team. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and do that. Did it affect you in that way? Or did you, did you kind of have confidence throughout the experience? Yeah. So I have always, I don't know where it's come from. I think because I did theater, (laughs) I started, I was a theater kid, right? I did theater starting again in junior high. Um, I've always had a very like fake it till you make it mentality. Right. Um, and the anxiety and the panic attacks, those were something that I didn't understand. And that ties into, um, so volleyball is a really interesting example because I used to play volleyball. Okay. Um, and I hated it. Like I enjoyed the, um, the sport, like the playing the actual sport, but when it came time to like do a play a game or like Mm. when you're in that team setting, I would absolutely freeze. I would do a terrible job. I couldn't handle it. I just cried a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, yep. And now looking back, I'm like, ah, that's anxiety. You know, yep. so I'm now I'm able to look back and see a lot of um, the choices that I that I made and understand that uh, understand where that a lot of that was anxiety driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, honestly, I I I've always, I've always had, I've practiced having an air of confidence, even when yeah. I don't necessarily yeah, feel it. Me too. And it's interesting. I've talked to a few people, Michael Landsberg, who's a national broadcaster, who mm-hmm. has no problem being on stage, has no problem being in front of a camera. Like he can do all these things that people, that's, that a lot of people with anxiety couldn't even dream of. He, he doesn't even cross mm-hmm. his mind. Um, mm-hmm. But there's other things that completely, he's, he's not as, you know, he has these things that are, you know, his Achilles heel that, uh, Absolutely. that's exactly it. Like put me in front of a camera. Fine. Yeah. I, I'm I've the same. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Put me on a team sport. No, I'm in tears. Like I can't, I cannot function. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so how did you get down this path of mindfulness and compassion? It, you, you mm. went and studied for it. Where did you discover it? How did you kind of get there? So I did my undergraduate degree in psychology mm-hmm. and um, one of my professors did a lesson on mindfulness and he shared a study with us um, very briefly where participants, one group 
took an MBSR course, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course, and one group did not. And they measured um, not only their levels of anxiety, depression, kind of mental health um, indicators Mm -hmm. before, during, and after, but they also looked at, they gave them a flu shot, both Mm -hmm. groups, at the end of the eight weeks, and they measured their um, immune system's response, like antibody production, and they found that the group who had taken the MBSR course not only did they report that they felt better, but their immune system produced a higher level of antibodies in response to this vaccine, meaning that they had, they had improved their immune system. Amazing. Like physically, this practice had an effect on their body. And that's where I was like, I'm sold. I got to check this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and pretty much immediately after understand, reading about what mindfulness is, right, the paying mm-hmm. attention on purpose to the present moment, non-judgmentally. Mm-hmm. I saw a huge shift in my anxiety mm-hmm. and I was like, this is, I've got to, I, I dove right in. I was like, I've got to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I took the M- MSC program, so that focuses on mindfulness and self-compassion, I was like, this changed my life. I need to tell everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Need to, I need to, to spread this around. So I did the teacher training and I also yeah. started talking about it uh, on my channel. So you had your channel kind of before that. Uh, oh, I what, started what... my channel right in at the end of high school. You like. did. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about mm-hmm. how long it's been going for, for quite a while now. I mean, oh, oh, yeah, almost a yeah. decade. Yeah. Is that right? Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wonder, I guess YouTube has been around for a decade. Those things it's yeah. It seems mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. They haven't been around that long, relatively speaking, but uh, it feels yeah, that's like a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it does. Um, but so, so with, uh, with, with your YouTube channel and, and with yeah. that, I, I assume you use that, uh, you, you do use that to help spread the mindfulness, compassion stuff mm-hmm. or, or, or maybe, I mean, with me, even when I'm talking to somebody, cause I do, I, I do a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy as well. Mm-hmm. And I subversively use it on people. I mean, specifically my kids, I subversively use it on them. I don't want to call it, but you can, you having knowledge of this, you could, you can do that. You know, I like to do it without seeming like I'm being preachy or, or trying Mm -hmm. to create a teaching moment. Like, do you, do you find you're able to do that within the medium that you use? Yeah. So like in day-to-day life, it's tough, right? Cause you never, you never want to be that person that's like, you've got a problem. I've got a solution. Like (laughs) I have all the answers. Right. But it's also like when you find something that really works for you, it's exciting. Like I'm excited Ah, to talk about mindfulness. I'm excited to talk about self-compassion because they've changed my life. Um, So the the helpful thing or kind of a great, um, I mean, one of the the pros of YouTube and having a channel is like, you can talk about whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So um, when I make content specifically about mental health or about mindfulness and compassion, I don't worry too much about sounding preachy because if someone didn't want to watch it, they don't have to click on the video. Right. Right. It's like, um, but lately I've focused a lot more on LGBTQ content. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I tend to, well, that's what, that's what I want to, that's what I want to move to because I know that you in the LGBTQ content that you do, I know that, (laughs) or from what I understand, correct me, obviously, if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, but you for a long time identified as bi. Yes. Okay. And now you <laughs> identify, I, you had different ways of putting it. Um, I'm not yeah. sure what way I can put it. I don't know if I'm even allowed to use that language nowadays because, you know, I'm straight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the but quotations. The anyway. podcasters won't see the quotations. No, I'm straight. Right. Hopefully they can understand by the way I say straight. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. You said you're, you're mm-hmm. gay. You're, what, so you, mm-hmm. you, just, you came across, you, I don't know. How do I say this? I, you're gay. I can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not bi, you're gay. Let's just lay it out there. So what was that like? I mean, here you've created a lot of content about why, about that. Mm -hmm. That's your identity. Yeah. What kind of, you know, emotional impact that have on you when you realized, okay, I'm not that. And so many of the people that I have that that have come to watch me know me as that. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of, what, what was that transition like for you? Uh, You know, and and affecting your, you know, your livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. This is your channel. This is what people are coming to watch you for. What was it that was that experience like? Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Um, I do. Can I rewind just a second and make Go for a note it. on Go kind of it. what you were saying at the beginning about not yeah. knowing about labels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that the label that you're uh, tiptoeing around is queer. Sure, <laughs> I'm I, I, that that's I, the, I, it's me. That's I don't even know list. if it's. I don't even know if that's yeah, the right label. Like, okay, yeah. For your audience, for the yeah. straight listeners, um, yeah. I, you can. If you hear somebody label themselves something, mm-hmm. then generally that's an okay thing for you to also refer to them as. So queer can be a tough one, right? Because some folks um, are really don't like the word. Some for a lot of people, it's a, a slur that's been used against them in like bullying or or whatever sort yeah. of way. And, and gay, but, and, and gay is a huge one. Yeah, it, gay it for was sure. huge when I was growing up. That's what all my friends would call each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. basically, the the rule of thumb is just refer to somebody however they refer to themselves. So right. like I openly call myself queer, gay, all mm-hmm. those things. So anybody is welcome to also call And Elena, people. and you call yourself Elena. That's important. <laughs> I, I also call myself have a name. John. That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you call yourself John, you call yourself straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that in quotes again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, you know, just a, just a note. Um, so that but, transition. Yes. To answer your question. Um, it was really scary. It was really, really scary because like you said, I've been creating content around bisexuality for years. Um, and there's already such a, there's so many negative stereotypes about bi folks already in the straight community and the queer community everywhere. Um, and one of those negative stereotypes, one of those myths, um, that perpetuates bi erasure is that bisexuality is just a stepping stone. It's just a phase. It's not a real right. sexuality. Right. You know, bi folks are going to choose to side at the end, in the end, one way <laughs> yeah. or another. And I was so afraid that I was now perpetuating this negative stereotype that right. I was now oh, interesting. going to be used as like a poster child as proof. Look, you know, she, she's just one example of she thought she was bi and now she's gay. And here we go again, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I try to do is, or what I have tried to do and what I'm still continuing to try to do is make sure that in my content, while I'm expressing and sharing my own experience, um, I'm also making sure to very clearly say, like, bisexuality exists. It is a real and valid sexuality. Yeah. It is an yeah. orientation that people do hold um, mm-hmm. just because I realized that it was the label that no longer fits me doesn't mean it's not a valid label. Yeah, for uh, sure. Entirely. For sure. And what about, what was the reaction of, you know, you have 
Wow. I, it's over a quarter of a million followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. What was the overall, the, did you, you, you uh, I saw that you had positive reaction. Yeah. I know that you had positive reaction. Did you have negative reaction? Yes. Um, okay. There's definitely negative reactions in there, but the, the majority of, of people overwhelmingly positive. Like I, mm. I really thought I was going to get a lot more um, negative responses than I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that made it a lot easier to handle yeah. the, the ones that were negative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, okay. I'm curious. So, you know, this is an important piece because a lot of people, you know, I have an 18 year old daughter, a lot of people, uh, you know, there's, there's a social media thing and it's, it means it's their world. It's a lot of their world nowadays. And I do mm-hmm. not begrudge that. I just think mm. that's part of what this generation is. Is it hard for me to swallow? Of course it is sometimes. Um, but how do you, y- yes, you get an overwhelming amount of positive uh, feedback. How do you handle the negative feedback emotionally? Mm-hmm. How do you handle that when, it, when you receive yeah. it? Because that's important for kids to know, for people to know how that, how that, what that process is like for you. Yeah. So it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, you can get, you know, a hundred, I'm sure you've heard this before. You can get a hundred positive comments and you get one negative one and that's the one that's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Um, the two things I try to do, one is my self-compassion practice, right? Mm-hmm. So the basics of self-compassion um, are treating yourself with the same kindness that you would treat a dear friend common humanity so the recognition that everybody suffers we're all in this together and then the mindfulness piece of like noticing first that we're suffering so i use my self-compassion practice when i'm on my own um asking myself okay what would i say to a dear friend who's experiencing this the same like if if my best friend had you know user number 0269 whatever (laughs) tell them that they were gross and ugly what would I say to this friend, this person that I love, you know, would, would this comment define this person, this friend? No, of course not. I would say, no, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. This, you know, don't listen to them. So I try to say those same things to myself. I try to hold myself with that same kind of care. Um, And then the best thing for me is when I can get actual friends or family or loved ones (laughs) to come and sit with me and we go through the comments because often, often the ones you'll get a comment that will really hurt or really sting. And then you show that comment to a friend or someone, a loved one, and they laugh. And they're like, yeah. that's absolutely ridiculous. What a ridiculous <laughs> comment. And it's, it's helpful to kind of like bring it into perspective that it's... Well, they yeah. trivialize it the way it should be trivialized. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's a whole community of people out there, I know, this is what they do. This, this is how they derive their, it's backwards and it's wrong and it's unhealthy, but this is how they derive their self-esteem. This is how they, this is what they hang their hat on. And, and it blows my mind that yeah. uh, it gives them a sense of power or empowerment and, and using somebody like you who creates, you know, kind of interesting, thought-provoking, helpful, because I've seen it. I've seen you reading letters from your mm. fans about what they're going through and how they identify. And it's, it's important, but then there's this whole gener- this whole group of subgroup of people who just do it for fun. Um, yeah. And it's, it's of course that mask that you can hide behind all the oh, time. Oh, so easy to say. It's interesting too, because you'll get like, you'll get somebody, you know, commenting something, let's say 
critical, not in a helpful way. And then if you would meet that same person in real life, like I guarantee they're not going to say that. They wouldn't say that to your face. It's not just a something chance. About, something about the, the anonymity. That's something right. about the, yeah. the, yeah, being behind a, a keyboard and also seeing a, a content creator or somebody who's, who's making videos or posting Instagram photos or whatever, not seeing them as a real person, like mm-hmm. not realizing that I'm like, I'm just a person, right? I'm just a person trying to figure out my own sexuality. I'm just a person who now I feel like I'm pretty much on the other side of it. But like, you know, back in April when this was all happening, I was in a rough place. Right. Like not only did I, did I switch labels from bi to realizing that I'm, that I'm gay. Um, I was engaged, you know, like I was was in a relationship for the past seven years. Like this was, I had my whole life was, was planned around this person and this, this story, you know, and, and to have all of that just come crashing down around me um, was one of the hardest things I've, I've gone through in my entire life. And so to then put that online and have hundreds of thousands of people judging and giving their opinions and critiquing Mm -hmm. that experience. It's like, I don't think, I don't think they realize that I'm, I'm a real person experiencing this. I'm not, this isn't a, it's not a show. It's not a script. It's, you know, like it's, does that make sense? Of course. Well, it's hard. I think it's hard for people because with this medium, uh, this medium is everything. This medium is is movies that are fiction. This medium that we use, and I'm talking about, yeah. you know, online computers is movies that are fiction. This is, is video games that are fiction. Yeah. Um, and then there's people like you who are actually real humans, but you're still ultimately coming out of this medium. And I think people have a hard time differentiating that. Completely, um, yeah. Because of course, what you described to me, um, you know, seven-year relationship ending, being engaged, ending that, like that is, that is a... a, a an incredibly difficult emotional event to deal with at all. And then here you have this other thing that's affected, which is your livelihood is affected by this. Mm -hmm. And then I know this all happened at the same time that this whole COVID thing went Uh down. (laughs) I I know you, you really decided to throw it all down, you know? Well, if if it's going to be, if if it's going to be crappy, I'm going to just go all out and and hear the whole storm at at once. once. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. I kind of I, I kind of believe in that a little bit too, but um, it's certainly admirable that you do admirable that you did that. But uh, one one kind of question I have before I let you go here is mm-hmm. what I'm curious about. So somebody who creates so much content, um, mm-hmm. and has has these people that expect you to create content, have people who follow you, who get notifications. Elena has posted another video. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how, how difficult is that process for you to, uh, and how does that affect your sort of the, you know, your anxiety levels, uh, in terms of, oh, I got to come up with video. Oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I've got to do that. Uh-huh. Because social media, me just being kind of a, a, a guy who has friends, um, I haven't really taken that step yet. I want to, in in mental health advocacy, I want to do that, but I want to make sure I like, I have to make sure I have the time, you know, to do that. So mm-hmm. what, what kind of stresses do you face in, in kind of maintaining this massive, this machine that you've created? That is the age old question, right? Is quality over quantity. 
quantity, quality, which one, which one do we go for? I went through, um, I've gone through periods where it was quantity over quality. I said every Tuesday, every Friday, I post a video. Didn't matter if I wanted to, didn't matter if I thought the video was good. Every Tuesday, every Friday, video time. Um, now I'm more, I try, I really try to focus more on quality. So if I don't have a video that I'm excited to make that I think is going to be, I, I want my content to add something. I want to mm. add to the conversation. I want to add sure. to the, the viewer, right? Or like their experience on YouTube or on Instagram or whatever it is. And mm. so if I don't have something that I think is good um, or that I'm proud of, that I think is, even, even if the thing that it adds is a smile, you know, or, or makes somebody laugh or lightens their day, that's yeah. good enough for me. But right. I really try, I'm really trying to take off the quantity pressure and to focus on quality. Um, and I, I think that that if for someone like yourself, if you're saying you're just kind of entering into the, that type mm -hmm. of space, the thing that I would say to remember is that you make the rules. Right? right, right. You make the rules. So you set the schedule and your audience will, they'll, what would be the right word? Not accept, but they um, follow your lead, right? So if I yeah. say I'm putting out a video every Friday, then they're going to expect a video every Friday. If right. I say I'm going to post a video every Friday, as long as I've got something I'm excited about, then they're, ha they're happy with that. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and honestly on YouTube and just like, I mean, my audience is so lovely. Um, but throughout this transition, right? Like since April, I took the longest break off YouTube that I've ever taken. I think I went almost two months without wow. posting a video, yeah. which I've, yeah. I haven't done in a decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and everybody was incredibly understanding. Like at the end Amazing. of the day, they just want you to be, they want you to be healthy and happy. And they, they don't want to see content that you're half-assing, that you don't really want to be there for. Yeah. They don't want to watch somebody yeah. who doesn't even want to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, what, I try to have fun. You what know? dawned on me when you said that you make the content, I think that's important for anybody who does anything on social media, mm -hmm. that you determine the way this is going to go. I think a lot, of people get, a lot of people get caught up in this whole wave of what's happening around them or what their friends are doing. And I think that's really mm -hmm. important information for anybody that's on social media, period. Whether, you're, whether you have 250,000 followers or whether you have 12 followers, mm -hmm. it's important to as, uh, assert who you are. I, I think that that would be a lot less stress for people if they understand that they have that power. Oh, it took me, it took me eight years, nine mm -hmm. years. I'm only just really figuring that out. That like, this is first and foremost, people want to see you they want to see, they want you to be passionate. They want you to be excited. They want you to be whatever it is that you're making. Mm -hmm. They, they want you to want to be there and you're yeah. not going to want to be there. If you've created some, like you said, I don't, did you say a machine or yeah, a <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I guess I called it that. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you've created this, if you're just, you know, a machine trying to pump stuff out for the sake of pumping it out, mm -hmm. I don't think that that is a win for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, What's the uh, future hold here? 
What are you uh, What are you up to next? Or do you are you winging Again, it right John now? John with the hard hitting questions. Are you winging it right now? You don't have to. You don't I, have to go hard hit it. You can. You yeah. can. You can soft hit that answer with a soft okay, hit answer. I am, I am gonna soft hit. Do I, that. Do that. I am absolutely winging it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like you know, like we talked about, everything changed. Like my yeah. whole my whole life flipped upside down um, mm-hmm. in April. Mm-hmm. So now, what's next is. I, I'm going to keep creating content because I love it. Um, right now I'm focusing my content on, um, mostly LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. um, topics. The next thing is because, you know, Corona is not going anywhere. I think we all hoped, we all hoped that COVID would, would just, you know, nicely make its exit, but that's, that's not happening. So I think now I'm going to start doing, um, remote collabs. So I'm going to try to bring some other creators onto my channel to, to share their experiences too. So it's not just me talking at the camera <laughs> <laughs> day in that, and day out. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, what you, what you do with your platform is incredible because not yeah. everybody does incredible things with what they, with their, with the audience they have and uh, your, your self-compassion and mindfulness, the, the stuff you do within that is incredibly helpful. And of course, what you do for LGBTQ is incredibly helpful. So, uh, no, no, uh, thank you. And, uh, I really appreciate you talking to me about your experience today. And I, I hope to talk to you in the future sometime. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. I'll come back. Okay, great. (laughs) Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.